नमस्ते आचार्य जी माय नेम सुहास आई एम फोर्थ ईयर स्टूडेंट रेड बिस्पिलानी कैंपस बी मैकेनिकल एंड सो सो फार वी हैड डिस्कशन ऑन आई मीन एट द स्टार्ट वी हैड वी वर टॉकिंग अबाउट स्पिरिचुअलिटी एंड हाउ इट्स देयर इज नथिंग विदाउट स्पिरिचुअलिटी वी नीड टू बी अवेयर ऑफ ऑन सेल्फ एंड ऑल दैट सो समथिंग दैट कैन बी नोटिस्ड इज इन द मॉडर्न डे um ancient indian practices first of all they're full of a lot of wisdom there's uh, the traditions the virtues the values there's a lot we can learn from it and sadly they're all forgotten now people do not practice much spirituality now people do not follow um, all these truths that we once knew and in addition to this in the modern life it is very difficult to actually sometimes to follow some of these let's let's say um it's not entirely possible right to renounce everything and go live in the forest practically it is not possible to survive like that in most cases right now and then even a small case like satvik food eating satvik food it becomes difficult for let's say an engineering student who is in his campus in his hostel and has limited choice so even though these are very good values and practices they cannot always be carried out so my question to you is what which of these practices uh, first of all why should we implement and learn from ancient indian practices and again how do we implement them in the modern age keeping in mind that we have restrictions and possibly especially for engineers if you can shed some light on that or give your views ancient indian practices were for ancient india hmm? if you try to practice them this is what you will repeatedly come to oh it's so difficult to practice satvik food in modern engineering campuses those practices were for a certain time place situation that's when they were practical practices do not determine the core of spirituality consciousness does in the name of uh, spirituality if someone is feeding you practices then that fellow is either ignorant or cunning or both which is actually the same thing hmm it's not practices it's understanding that you need and then even if you are in a jungle a frozen desert you'll still know what to eat what not to eat how is it possible that in india in a campus you are saying it's difficult to get uh, right food i mean with all the degradation that is happening india is still a paradise for vegetarians definitely right if in yeah. india you are finding it difficult to practice vegetarianism or veganism then where would you find it facile would you say you have come to let's say a place like like the north pole siberia or some place where it's easier to get fresh fruits Hmm? so and it it's not a question of whether you 
are in Keral or uh, or Punjab or or Siberia, it's a question of the depth of your understanding. Once you know your action flows from there, then you do not say, oh, it is too tough to do. Then you do not say, oh, it's right, but difficult. It's difficult, learn how to do it, because it has to be done. That's the thing with the truth. It is absolute. It does not give you space to deviate, meander and such things. Right. If something is to be done, it is to be done. Find a way. The question is, what is the right way? The question is not whether or not to do it. It has to be done, full stop. And if something is not to be done, find a way how not to do it. Do not say, oh, well, you know, because it is difficult to not to do it, I am questioning whether or not to do it. Difficulty is not the criteria. Understanding is the criteria. What are you a man for if you cannot take difficulties? And difficulties, remember, will never be taken beyond a point by the animal within you. Even a lion retreats in face of adversity. We call the thing the king of the jungle, no? Mm-hmm. You'll find enough evidence, enough videos showing lions and tigers retreating from adverse situations. So, it's animals who decide their actions based on the difficulty in the situation. Human beings are not supposed to do that. Lay down your life doing the right thing. Do not buckle down. What is life to be preserved for if it is to be spent not rightly? You are saying, oh, I am preserving life, I am preserving life. For what? Life is a movement. Life is a space and time. And that entire space you have filled up with all kinds of unworthy things and you are saying, I am prolonging my life because doing the right thing was difficult. Prolonging it for what? Towards what end? Hmm? So, practice being loyal to understanding. That's the practice you need. Practice not doing anything without understanding. Practice inquiry, particularly practice self-inquiry. These are the practices that you need. Not ancient Indian practices. In the name of ancient Indian practices, there is a lot of nonsense going around. Somebody is trying to wear clothes that were in circulation 3000 years back. (laughs) Somebody is wearing the sacred thread, somebody is doing all kinds of things, somebody is trying to wear wooden slippers and hacking down trees and saying, oh, this is ancient Indian stuff, exotic. Right, it's important to differentiate and be able to tell. Now let's come to ancient India, what ancient India is really about. Ancient India hmm, is, is highlighted by Vedic wisdom. Right? You call yourself Sanatani. When you say 
you are an Indian. Hmm? India is the land of the Vedas. And the part of Vedas that is relevant today and will remain immortally relevant is the Upanishadic part, the wisdom part, not the Karmkand part. That became obsolete long back. And that's also the part that contains a lot of rituals and practices and this and that. And some people are still sticking to that. Many people, most people rather, are still sticking to that, thinking that that is the essence of the Vedas. That part became obsolete, redundant. There's nothing in that. It belongs to the museum now. Yet that part still has some historical value. You can refer to it. And there are times when you find gems hidden even there in the Karmkand part. But mostly it has only value in antiquity. Just as you preserve a piece of some antique good, but still the Vedas have tremendous value even today and they will remain immortal. Why is that so? Because of Vedanta. That's the essence of ancient India. So when you say ancient India, do not mean anything except Vedanta. And that's what you have to practice. Right, okay. Right. So I think if I can rephrase my question, I, uh, I think, to, so what would these, since these are what will remain relevant immortally, what are the uh, truths or understandings that we should... No, there are no truths there. There is just the instruction in several forms, uh, repeated in several ways to always be vigilant, always self-inquire. That's the message of the Upanishads. You are nothing except your understanding. Keep knowing, keep asking, keep knowing, keep asking. This is where, when you were talking earlier, right, about the self-awareness. Yes, yes. Without understanding. Yes. This is where it's coming from. Yes, yes. Yes, that's ancient India. So when I say you should know, you should know, hmm? when the Upanishads tell you that you should constantly be on the journey from darkness to light, that's ancient India, not all the other hodgepodge. Hmm? So let's say, I mean, if I'm right to say this, I'm, I think Many people are not aware of this. Even I had a small misconception of uh, what practices versus the actual understanding is. So how would you suggest that people take it up or like uh, start becoming aware, or start learning, implementing this? Uh, uh, first of all, the consciousness for oneself, realizing the, realizing the importance and actually doing it. If it is, if you can say that it is something to be done or begin a journey of doing that. Even your method is not too bad, no? Come talk to me. That's one good way. Right, but everyone has to discover this for themselves, right? I mean, Even you are discovering it for yourself, using me. I am available to be used. Come use me. As long as I can be used. This is only half a joke. I am serious about it. Huh? Okay. So, um, I talk of Vedanta. Vedanta is available to everybody. 
it's no secret if you really have a thing for indian wisdom go to vedant with me without me depends on your preference but do listen to what those beautiful elders had to say they have left behind a treasure trove of great insights and be humble enough to accept that without their guidance it will be very difficult for you if not impossible to discover those things on your own even with their help and guidance it is still very difficult not that i am asking you to accept crutches even if you go to the upanishads even if you go to gita vedant even if you take all the guidance they have to offer still it is very difficult to fight against your animal tendencies and inner darkness so i'm not asking you you to be dependent on the wise elders no not i'm just asking you to not refuse help where it is available because you see a lot of bad things are happening to you without your consent they are just situational the situations are doing much damage to you without your consent now in the domain of situations themselves if help is available why not take it you are saying you are prepared to accept enemies but you are not prepared to accept friends what kind of wisdom is that or is that not pure egoism hmm people say no i want to discover it on my own it is not as if if you go to the upanishad somebody else will discover it for you even then you will anyway have to discover it on your own and i am telling you in advance even with the upanishad's chances that you will discover yourself are very major do you ever say please do not offer me obstacles when life offers you all kinds of obstacles do you say please do not offer me obstacles no then you don't say that do you say oh this life if obstacles come you have to take them equally when help is being offered why don't you take it when you can't refuse obstacles why do you want to refuse help is that not just the ego saying i'll do it on my own when the fact is you cannot do it on your own except if you have the caliber of an ashtavakra which is the probability of that is minuscule so just as you are forced to accept unasked obstacles similarly when help is there to be taken be humble enough to just take it and that help is in the shape of vedant hmm? that's ancient indian wisdom right <clears throat> right that gives a lot of clarity on that but um, so let's say we want to take help from somewhere or we should need to take help wherever it's available so obviously the whole world is not exposed to ancient vedic wisdom right there are modern philosophy school uh, schools of thought that have come up and all these different kinds so what would you say about those like how do they 
Vedant goes into the very root of thought, the thinker himself. So all these philosophies are in a different dimension compared to Vedant. Vedant is not a school of thought. Vedant is not a school of thought. Vedant is not a philosophy. We do call it Vedant Darshan, but it's not really a, a Darshan in the sense of being a philosophy. You're not philosophizing. In fact, you are dismantling the philosopher. That's what Vedant does. We all have that self-proclaimed philosopher sitting within, talking big and without pause, Vedan slaughters that philosopher. Yeah, that makes sense. But would it also make sense to say that it would be a lot more, I wouldn't want to say difficult, but uh, you'd have to go a lot more deeper into your understanding to extract things from Ved. I, I didn't get that one. Please repeat. Would it make sense if I said that we don't have to go a lot more deeper in, when if you're understanding Vedantic wisdom to, let's say, solve an ord ordinary problem? No, it's rather very ordinary. Vedant is not complicated. When you read Marx or Voltaire, that's where you find complications. How thick are their works? This thick. And that's why hardly anybody reads them. Even Marxists don't read Marx, right? You know that very well. Upanishads, what, five pages, four pages, two pages, except the couple of lengthy ones. So there are no complications there. There is just childlike simplicity. Just childlike simplicity. It's just that 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 kind of disarming innocence is sometimes too much to take for very complicated people. So they say, oh, we cannot wrap our heads around it. That's what the um, sage is saying. Son, where are your questions coming from? That's this is this. <laughs> this is an Upanishad. I mean, 5% of it. 95% is my commentary. This thick. Huh? This thick. 5% of this is the Upanishad. Where is the complication? And it's talking of very, very simple things. How can someone say, I don't understand Vedant? But what's there to not to understand? Okay, I'll definitely have to give it a try then before I. Welcome, most welcome, most welcome. All right. So you would recommend engineers, especially like. I'm trying to keep this discussion there because this is, uh, we're actually in the engineering college right now, a lot of students here are joining in. So, I mean, this is also a very different kind of webinar uh, that we are actually used to. So, keeping that awareness as a start would be nice. So, you would recommend, or do you have any advice also for any of us apart from getting to Vedantic wisdom and try to understand yourself? Why should I give other advice? <laughs> huh? Why should I give you other advice? You are <laughs> you are on the ventilator and you are saying, do you have some other gas except oxygen? <laughs> hmm? <laughs> For
first of all, right now you have a brain fog because oxygen levels are low. Secondly, in that brain fog, you are asking for more nitrogen or carbon monoxide. Why are you asking for an option, son? First of all, try this thing out. Maybe it will tell you who is the chooser within, who wants choices and more choices and options and more varieties. Why the hell do we hanker for these things? So please, please try to begin. No, I was saying apart from that. Apart from oxygen, you have what, ozone? <laughs> alert, alert. You can start with that. Actually, find your... You have been to the Indian Civil Services as well, right? I hear after your... IS, IS officer. You've been an IS officer. But civil services, yes. Right, okay. So I actually also uh, aspire to similar to join the defense services. So it's a bit of an unconventional path from that many take here. So that has also been inspirational actually, seeing that you have gone into that path along with for many of other people here as well. You've been to IAM on the bar also. So the entrepreneurship culture and so stuff of this kind of advice, even if you put further sessions uh, at this institute. I think that would be helpful as well. Discussions on this. What exactly is the question regarding the career thing? There's no question uh, as such, but I'm just saying that it is uh, such discussions would be very nice to have as well, apart from the spirituality concepts. Yeah, it's all one. There is there is no distinction there. You can you can ask on that side also, and you'll get the same response. So there is not much hope for you. <laughs> Even if you ask me about my career days, it will somehow close in on Vedant. So okay, all right. Thank you, Acharya. Uh, so uh, uh, in continuation to what my friend said, uh, and you responded that the 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 Upanishad part of the Veda are are what relevant to us right now, and what we should focus on the conscious of us. But maybe the conscious is right and he's instructing the body to do something. But, uh, and you said we should not buckle under, under the pressures. So, but our body needs some training, some practice. So we do not get buckled. So at that look, at that part or at that position, doesn't the, the karma part or let's uh, a practice of having fast. So we have trained our body to to resist the, the temptation to eat. So doesn't that practice help us to not buckle in other situations also where our mind is taking charge of our body? You can have that practice. Go. Okay. So, so maybe my friend Suhas was focusing on those things that what... No, you cannot focus on those things. You cannot focus on those things. Those things are like, you know, just washing your clothes. Once every three, four days. You can't focus on your life on the washing machine. If you want to train your body so that you can listen to me, that's fine. But the central thing is listening, not training the body. And I do not know what kind of and how intensive training is, do you require to just listen. 
there might be a, a, a fellow you know who has some problem in the hips or in the back or somewhere who can't even sit still or sit straight there is some might be somebody who has a problem in the ears these are the kind of people who require some kind of uh, physical <coughs> training or physical operation uh, to even listen but otherwise uh, i do not know what you want to do with your body to just uh, to just listen to just see to just know very innocently and i also do not know when will you call your physical training complete because the body is a mass of imperfections i do not know when you will declare yourself fit enough to listen physically fit that is hmm you will you will practice for let's say 30 40 years and then try to declare now i am fit to have some knowledge by that time you will have arthritis and osteoporosis because age will catch up on you everybody has to die right irrespective of how fit your body is so i do not know how long you want to continue servicing your body but i do agree that the body even as an instrument does require certain upkeep and maintenance so fine provided that kind of maintenance but that cannot be the focus of life and that cannot be the core of spirituality you cannot say i am doing physical practices and that will make me realize that will lead some me to have some wisdom no wisdom is going to come out of doing physical things zero none at all you can keep doing physical stuff for a thousand years you will still be equally stupid it's just that now you will be a very very fit and stupid person